everybody. Listen to the weekly review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the weekly review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Cashcock here and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for me every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I used to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. They're more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base 10 times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join the Green Army. 
and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco, and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot a bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Oh yeah, it goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their their variety of cheese and home decor items and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bear exoskeleton Contessa. 
and check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com. Timstesseract.com. to be a comic it's not as easy as we make it look but that's because mutiny radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs strain those improv muscles every sunday from four to six at getting sketchy with david stolowitz press out those new jokes every monday six to eight on joke workshop with four minute sets and four minute critiques from everyone get positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, 7 to 9, with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. You want more open mics? Fridays, 6 to 8. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. Asiento. Come in after work and take a seat at Asiento, a great place to meet friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block from Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the comedy festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar. Come take a seat at Asiento. Theater is San Francisco's favorite nonprofit art house cinema, bringing you the best, coolest, weirdest, most thought provoking movies of the past, present, and future. Hands down, there is no better way to get your film fix than at this legendary historic theater. Visit www.roxy.com. That's www.roxie.com today for showtimes and tickets. Radio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer ya. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> hey, everybody. Listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program 
we interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics, it's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for me every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I used to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base ten times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, 
Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Barn Grill in the heart of the Someone Mission District in San Francisco on. at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco, and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special, a shot of bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Yeah, it goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their their variety of cheese and home decor items and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bear exoskeleton Contessa. 
and check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com. Timstesseract.com. Want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look, but that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, six to eight on Joke Workshop with four-minute sets and four-minute critiques from everyone. Get positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday 7 to 9 with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. You want more open mics? Fridays 6 to 8. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. work and take a seat at Asiento, a great place to meet friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block from Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the comedy festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar. Come take a seat at Asiento. Theater is San Francisco's favorite nonprofit art house cinema, bringing you the best, coolest, weirdest, most thought provoking movies of the past, present, and future. Hands down, there is no better way to get your film fix than at this legendary historic theater. Visit www.roxy.com, that's www.roxie.com today for showtimes and tickets. Radio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the internet ocean has to offer ya. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> and we're on. Alrighty. Let's see. Can I hear myself? No. But you can't? Okay. Uh, Ryan, can you hear me out there? Oh, yeah. Right. Thumbs up automatically. Um, yeah, we're listening to Sounds from the Street. I am uh, Crystal. 
and we have i don't know (laughs) dj dj something dj asia um how's your week been it's been good i'm just trying to stay positive with all the the bands that are going on tour all at the same time apparently so just interviewing them one by one attending all the shows one by one um you're gonna live a long life apparently studies show that if you go to like i said if you go to more shows the happier Mm -hmm. you are the longer you live i hope so (laughs) we'll see i was bummed i didn't get tickets to see um billy joe's um side project who's doing like a massive right the long shot u.s tour but i figured you know a lot of people (coughs) want to see him and i've seen him a couple times but you know, I thought, oh, he's, you know, he lives here, so I might have a better chance. Yeah. Th- were they at the Fillmore or? Uh, they were playing were they? at the rickshaw, so it's kind of a small <sighs> Rickshaw is always like a, you, you know, if you're not on top of your shit, you're not going to get in. Yeah. I think it's sold out like in less than a minute or something like that. <laughs> yeah, because they only have like so many people they can fit into that little room. But Yeah. But sometimes they put tickets on sale like the day of the show, like they surprise you. So that's just another thing to be hopeful about <laughs> it's also all ages right like if you're under 18 you just put like they did that sharpie x thing and like you're able to go in you just can't drink basically which yeah you know, and then they kept saying you can't buy tickets and then resell which has also been an yeah. issue as well oh, God. it has to be the name that matches up with the credit card so i'm wondering how excuse me how that's all gonna play out yeah yeah, my week has not been uh, that exciting, but, you know, <laughs> other than some personal, like, self, uh, mm-hmm. self-health, self-care, self-care yeah. things going on in my life, but mm-hmm. not too super exciting, although somebody who has been having an exciting week, Kanye, <laughs> which I didn't say I was going to read this, I said I wasn't going to read the story, but then I was like, it's kind of hilarious. Um, well, it's just kind of hilarious in a sad way that he's having kind of a, melt, a meltdown right now. He's kind of going through a lot and just kind of putting it all on Twitter. And now he's like buddies with Trump and he's a MAGA hat wearing, you know, all love and no hate towards the Republicans, which is great. Whatever, whatever, dude. We don't have <laughs> enough of that. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kanye says album artwork will feature late mother's plastic surgeon. He says he's looking to make peace with Adam, Jan Adams, who performed surgery on uh, Donda. Yes, Donda <laughs> West, the day before she died. I did not know that. Um, oh, I forgot. Yeah, in a series of new tweets posted earlier so. today, Kanye West said he wanted to use a ph- photograph of surgeon Jan Adams on the album artwork. Adams was the plastic surgeon of his late mother, Donda West, who died on November 10th, 2007. Uh, 2007. One day following Adams' breast reduction and liposuction operating procedure on her. According to TMC, Kanye says he wants to put Adams on the cover in an act of forgiveness. Uh, and that he liked to meet Adams and talk. <clears throat> following Donda West's death, a representative of Kanye's family stated that she died as a result of complications from a cosmetic surgical procedure. In subsequent months, the Los Angeles County Coroner's Office did not issue an exact cause of death, but determined that West has suffered a heart disease and that multiple post-operative factors could have played a role in the death. 
last night saw Kanye release two songs, a strange, largely instrumental track called Lift Yourself, which, by the way, is super hilarious. You should really listen to it um, if you want to laugh. And a more conventional track featuring T.I. titled E versus the People. Um, you can read the, uh, I guess this is a tweet of a screenshot of a text. I don't know who it was sent to, but there's a picture of the surgeon and Kanye saying, this is the album cover. This is a plastic surgeon, Jen Adams, the person who performed my mom's final surgery. Do you have any title ideas? I want to forgive and stop hating. And somebody texted him back, love everyone. And he said, I love that. Just simple. Um, this is out of pitchfork.com. So my story is about uh, someone who I've admired <laughs> over the past 20 years. Um, the Distillers, who just are reformed, um, if you're not sure who they are, um, they were like a late 90s, early 2000s punk band, and Brody kind of came into her own at the same time that she was involved with Tim Armstrong. Um, you might know him as the lead singer of a band called Rancid, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he would—he was also in—he um, was also a founding member of a Bay Area band called Operation Ivy, and he's also worked with Billy Joe Armstrong on a project here and there. I mean, they're always working together. It seems like, but they're um, homies. They're homies. Um, but anyways, they play their first gig in over 12 years. Uh, this week saw the Distillers mark their comeback with a reunion show in San Diego. Check out the footage in the set list below. Punk fans rejoice when Brody Dahl confirmed the return of the band earlier this year, having confirmed that their lineup would be the same as their formation during their last release, Coral Fang. In 2003, the punk veterans this week performed their first show in over 12 years to kick off their leg of 2018 tour dates with a career-spanning gig at the Casbah. Sharing a photo of a branded jacket on Instagram, Dale wrote, 14 years later and the jacket still fits. It's been an emotional roller coaster to get here, but I'm grateful for it all. I'm not afraid of a little old ride. Bring it. It was emotional tonight. Me, us, you, the peeps on the street. I'm loving it. And you. The distillers feel so right. Thank you. So that must have been a fun show to be at. <laughs> and he, she's married to um, Josh Home, right? Yes. Um, oh, and then there's a little blurb at the end that says the band were at the forefront of the California punk scene at the turn of the century, re-releasing three acclaimed and highly influential albums between 2000 and 2003. They announced their split in 2006 following the departure of drummer Andy Grinelli and bassist Ryan Sin. Remaining members, Dolly and Tony Bevilacqua? Bevilacqua. Then went on to form Spinneret before Dahl later launched a successful solo career with the acclaimed album Diploid Love. While the distillers are yet to confirm any UK dates, Dahl will be performing a stripped-down solo show in support of Queens of the Stone Age at Finsbury Park. That actually looks like a real amazing show. Iggy Pop, The Hives, Run the Jewels, Miles Kane, Bombino, Curtis Harding, Hines, and Balaco. And that's Saturday, June 30th. If you're in the UK or plan on being there, um, I would probably go to that. Yeah, show us some money. <laughs> uh, speaking of the UK, uh, Kate Bush writes tribute to Emily Bronte on, oh, for UK Memorial. 
um, t- quoting, to be asked to write a piece for Emily Stone is an honor and in a way a chance to say thank you to her. End quote. Uh, 40 years after the release of her seminal song, Wuthering Heights, Kate Bush will take part in a new tribute to the Bronte sisters in the BBC reports. Bush has composed a passage uh, about Wuthering Heights author Emily Bronte, um, which will be engraved in stone and placed near the Bronte's home in Yorkshire Moors. In a statement, Bush said that I'm delighted to be involved with this project, each sister being remembered by a stone in the enigmatic landscape where they lived and worked in a striking idea. She continued, Emily only wrote the one novel and an extraordinary work of art that has truly left its mark. To be asked to write a piece for Emily's stone is an honor and in a way a chance to say thank you to her. Also involved in the tribute are poet... uh, uh, Carol Ann Duffy, who will compose a passage for Charlotte Bronte, uh, poet Jackie Kay for Anne, and author Jean, uh, Jeanette Witterson, uh, reflecting on the sisters' collective legacy. The stones will be unveiled on July 7th during the Bradford Literature Festival. You can see where the Wuthering Heights landed on Pitchfork's 200 Best Songs of the 1970s and read our Sunday review of How- Hounds of Love, which is her new album, I'm assuming. Um, if you're into that, you can look it up on thepitchfork.com. Or just pitchfork.com. Not the, <laughs> the pitch. The pitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man. Lots, lots, of thing, lots of stuff going on in the UK, apparently. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been reading news from the enemy dot com another story uh regarding bob dylan he has his own whiskey line Mm. Um, he's launched a new collection called heaven's door Uh, the star filed for a trademark on the term bootleg whiskey in 2015 which caught the eye of liquor entrepreneur mark bushala and led to the new collection the heaven's door line includes three whiskeys as the new york times reports a straight rye a straight bourbon and double barreled whiskey In a statement to the paper, Dylan said, we both wanted to create a collection of American whiskeys that, in their own way, tell a story. I've been traveling for decades, and I've been able to try some of the best spirits that the world of whiskey has to offer. I bet he has. This is great whiskey. (laughs) The label for the whiskeys features the silhouettes of wagon wheels and crows. The standard line of Heaven's Door will be for sale for $50 to $80 a bottle. Every year, a limited edition bootleg series will be released in ceramic bottles decorated with the musician's oil and watercolor paintings. Okay. The first one will be released next year and will cost approximately $300. Oh. Pocket <laughs> <I could> change. <laughs> Dylan has these qualities that actually work well for a whiskey, Bushala said. He has great authenticity. He's a quintessential American. He does things the way he wants to do them. I think these are good attributes for a super premium whiskey as well. He added, for people who are surprised that he did a whiskey, I guess they don't really know Dylan. People who know him expect him to do things they would never expect. <laughs> Meanwhile, the icon has contributed to a new compilation that turns classic tracks into same-sex wedding anthems. Universal Love was released earlier this month, April 6th, and features the likes of Dylan, St. Vincent, Keisha, 
Block Party's Kelly Okurik, Okuriki, uh, Death Cab for Cuties, Ben Gibbard, and Valerie June. For the six-track EP, Dylan takes on American classic, She's Funny That Way, popularized by Frank Sinatra and Nat King Cole, changing the song to be He's Funny That Way. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. You know, if you had to describe Bob Dylan by picking a spirit... It would be whiskey. He's kind of like, I don't know, like he's kind of sweet at first. And then you realize he, I don't know, like the, he's rougher on the edges. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I just, I, it, it's it's almost really like too fitting um, that he would make a whiskey. Yeah, I guess if, if music doesn't cut it, then... <laughs> I mean, music has cut it all, for all those decades. I mean, I mean, for him, if music isn't He's not going to release like, his own personal line of cocaine, you know? Like, yeah. Although, yeah. That was the next logical step, I think. Yeah. In a few years, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. So we have Alyssa Wenzel with us today. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Doing great. Enjoying this uh, beautiful Saturday. So far, so good. Yeah. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've been working on recently. Yeah, of course. So I'm a songwriter. I work for I work with largely with women in pop and EDM, so I write um, lyrics and music, vocal melodies, and the actual musical composition for women who are in the Bay Area or el- elsewhere in the country who are looking to be pop stars. <laughs> um, which artists have you worked with recently? So most recently, I'm working with a, a girl named Mariah Belgrad. She's really she's really sweet. She actually got popular on this um, social media app called Smule. It's like a karaoke style social media. Oh yeah, app. I've seen that. Yeah, they're actually like a local tech company, which is pretty cool, and that's kind of how we connected. But mm-hmm. she got nominated for an iHeartRadio Music Award for oh, like wow. the Social Star Award for, because of her following there, and so we kind of met through all that. And mm-hmm. Yeah, so. She recently came out with her first single on March 21st called Empty Spaces, and that was a song I wrote and then produced at the studio I work at. Nice. Awesome. And do you write your own music as well? Yeah. So I largely write, like, I'll I'll write the vocal melody and the words, and then I put chords to it at the piano, and then I bring it into the studio I work at, which is in San Mateo. It's called Focal Productions. Mm Mm-hmm. And I work with the producer there, and we kind of just, like, co-produce and write the rest of the track together. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And um, how long have you been writing music? Um, Professionally for about seven years, I think. But I was writing before that as well. I've been kind of writing songs just as as a hobby since I was probably, like, 15. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. Do you do poetry as well or strictly music? It's strictly music, pretty much. I used to write poetry. I think poetry is great, and I love reading other people's, but I focus a lot just on honing my my little niche in pop, so, yeah. Nice. And um, will we be able to hear some of this music later on in yeah, the show? Yeah, of course. I brought a CD with a couple songs on mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. so I have a couple demos on there that I haven't showed anybody yet, so you'll get to hear some of those, and then... I have a track that Mariah recently released, it, released, and then a, also a track from when I was actually in a band. So, right on. Yeah. Do you so sometimes do you perform solo, or do you like to perform with other artists, or? I don't usually perform anymore. I did back um, early on in my career. I was with a band, and so I was the singer songwriter. Mm-hmm. 
but performing's not really my thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I much prefer to stick to the writing part. That's where I'm good, and I like to see other people who are like really meant to engage with fans and really meant to put themselves out there. I like being able to like help them with that. Oh, interesting. So, I don't perform, but I used to. Is it intimidating? Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> I get up on stage and my heart is like racing so fast. I'm like, I think I'm going to choke on my own heart and here I can't. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, I get so nervous. Oh, interesting. <laughs> wonder if that's like one of those things like, oh, you can conquer your fears if you just work on them. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Someday we'll find out. <laughs> Someday. Um, does Mariah perform or do the other artists that you write for, do they actively tour and stuff like that? Yeah, they they usually perform. Mariah's not on tour yet, but we're writing her an album currently, or I'm writing the album <laughs> currently. Um, and then after that, we're going to try to shop or do a few record labels and then she'll start performing. So a lot of the other clients I work with for songwriting, I largely ghostwrite for because most people don't like to like let other people know that they have a songwriter it's pretty yeah. normal with pop music and mm. electronic music to mm -hmm. have songwriters but mm -hmm. for other like for more bands that are like pop bands and stuff mm -hmm. or kind of pop rock mm -hmm. they usually there's don't. like a stigma yeah, sure. yeah. totally unless yeah. they're covering other people's material yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> which they do all the time yes, that's true. That's true. i was just listening to uh, I think I was telling you before we went on air, Mr. T Experience, mm -hmm. and he was covering a song, and I was like, he was doing the punk rock version oh, nice. of a Duran Duran song. Oh, please, cool. t please, please tell me now. And I was like, God, that sounds so familiar, but I know it's not his song. And yeah. then I had to look you it had up. To look it up. Oh. And I was like, that's actually a really good cover. <laughs> that's awesome. Because that was like a huge hit way back when. Yeah. So you're like, Oh, that's not bad. That's cool. It's interesting to hear other people's, um, you know, interpretation of a song. It doesn't have to be like... Oh, yeah, totally. I definitely experience that when I'm writing to, like, all... When I write a song, I usually have the track pictured, like, kind of what I want it to look like, and then I bring it into my co-producer, and it turns into something totally different, but it sounds awesome. It's just, like, when you mix different minds into it, you know, you get Morphs. a totally different result. Yeah, that's really cool. Where do you see yourself going um, in the next few years? I just want to keep writing, um, writing and producing. I really, I have a passion for helping young women enter into the music industry in a healthy way. So my goal is just to meet more clients and to help them grow their performance careers. Yeah. How do you meet them? Is it mostly through social media or social media? Social like media that. is a big one. Mm -hmm. um, I also meet people just through the local music community around here. Like we have um, a Grammy Recording Academy chapter in San Francisco. We do? Yeah. Yeah. News <laughs> um, nice. yeah. to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm a member and it, I go to a lot of member events and meet people who need writers. And so that's another big way I meet people. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's really cool. You guys should check it out. It's a good group. How um how often do they meet? Um, they have events usually at least monthly. Um, we there usually aren't like grand like formal meetings that I've been to. Uh -huh. Um, it's usually just like events like oh we're having a songwriting workshop at Twenty Fifth Street Studios in Oakland or mm -hmm. we're doing a sound check with Zed at this theater. So, nice. yeah, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's really cool. I actually did a sound check recently with Zed. Um, I forget what the theater was. Oh, it's 
Bill Graham. Yeah. Bill Graham. Okay. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really cool just to see like how they set up everything. And he was there for a few days too, right? Yeah. Yeah. He were was. you there doing soundcheck all every day? No. Or it was, was just, we basically went. So I wasn't. His head. Remember me? <laughs> we, uh, we just went to kind of, we go, um, one day, like we just show up for one day and the Grammy Academy chapter takes us to talk to the artist and to basically like learn from them about mm. their tour. <laughs> and their songwriting and stuff so we got to talk with Zed or his name's Anton we got to talk with him for a while and it was pretty cool that's really cool I didn't know they did that yeah yeah nice to me too <laughs> I have to check that out we're we're girls that are behind the scenes <laughs> kind of <laughs> well, yeah. we never I mean we get to go to shows for free but it's sometimes we'll get to go backstage but we never really Mostly get we're to, audience yeah we never really get to see like how they put the show together mm. like from that aspect that would be this interesting. Is true yeah yeah I can't think of a time that that has happened <laughs> but it's fun to you know to hang out backstage mm-hmm. and um I went to uh recently I got to go backstage at the Regency Theater and that was oh, cool. pretty amazing I mean it's like an old school like from you know turn of the 20th century an actual ballroom right mm-hmm. yeah, so there's so all cool. these little like black rooms down a you know dark hallway and I'm like I'm gonna be in the room with this guy okay <laughs> this isn't intimidating at all <laughs> but it was like cool at the same time so I'm like I can totally take deep breaths and let it happen oh it's so awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I wonder if it's like a similar similar feeling for you when you get to meet the artists or go to these venues that maybe you thought that you never got to experience yeah sometimes it's it's a little daunting like for the Zed one it was a little daunting because we go in there and we're there's not very very many people there's probably like 15 of us who go in and talk to him and you're like well this guy's like he's legit yeah exactly but some of them are super low-key like I also went to one for Khalid Um, and he's super sweet and really laid back he's like 19 and he's just like a shy kid who (laughs) recently started touring like I think he had his first show ever in 2016 and then he started on this massive tour and I was Mm -hmm. like this is so cool to see this kid who's like really shy and really sweet getting up there and like totally just like giving it all to the fans yeah Yeah. it's so cool growing up in the limelight Mm -hmm. yeah seriously (laughs) and do you have a a website that people can reach out to i do yeah it's it's my name it's www.alissawenzel.com and you want me to spell it out (laughs) it's kind of long yeah let's spell it out (laughs) okay so it's a-l-y-s-s-a-w-e-n-d-z-e-l.com wenzel yeah And yep. you do social media? I do. I'm largely on Instagram. Okay. So yeah. my handle is just my name. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And is it mostly uh, pictures of you hanging out with Khalid? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's largely just pictures of me uh, either selfies or in the studio working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have horrible lighting in our studio, so it's always like really dark and grainy. It's not, they're not the best Here pictures. Too. <laughs> have you seen yeah. our bathroom yet? No, I no, haven't. We'll be in for a treat. <laughs> Just be happy you're not sitting in front of this. <laughs> it's very DIY. Yeah. <laughs> We've been here for a few years, though. I feel like it's time for a remodel, but it takes money. It takes money. It takes investment, um, but we have had some successful fundraisers. Um, we do a comedy fundraiser every year, 
in March. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so that kind of keeps us going, you know. And then we have these comedy shows um, that we that uh, Pam does every week. Yeah, we have a stage. Yeah. Really so cool. um, it's a nice we, setup. We just rake in the money with um, all the alcohol that's purchased. Yes. Actually, that's not allowed. But <laughs> <laughs> it used to be, but not anymore. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta make a living somehow. It, is it wasn't meeting. purchased. It was brought. <laughs> That's the thing, right? It yes. was brought. Yes. Brought. That's what Outs- we're going with. Outside, um, <laughs> not on the premises. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. <laughs> I don't know what's going on uh, this week or this month with the art, though. Um, it's kind of minimalistic, it seems. Usually yeah. it's like all over the place, right? Like the entire... All the the walls, at least on that side, those two walls are covered. Yeah. Maybe we're having a slow month. Um, But if you're down to look at some art that, I don't know, I don't know what you call this art, eclectic. Um, You should head down to 21st uh, Street in Florida. We're on uh, 2781's 21st Street. Give us a call if you have any questions for us or Elisa at 415-550-0511. Accept you, sweet Gail. We do not need you calling in uh, because we will hang up on you. Anyway. (laughs) Now that you mentioned her, (laughs) we were talking about somebody that I used to work with and then he and then he appeared on the Oh right, yeah. Oh, so Which it's happens. like we summon people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we should be funny. careful with our words. Do you guys ever have that? Um I sometimes think that I think of somebody, like I haven't thought of them in a while, and then you hear from them like they reach out to you or oh, totally. send you a message and it's like how the hell did that happen? yeah i know that always creeps me out you summon time. them yeah, yeah. <laughs> either that or uh, google's listening to our conversations right <laughs> <laughs> no need for technology anymore <laughs> if you're about to break your brand new phone i want to watch that <laughs> it's only five months old yeah <laughs> God, I've dropped it so many times. Oh, no. <laughs> but um, I like the new cover that I have because oh, it's cool. it's very bright. But um, it actually, like, protects it. covers it. it. Yeah. Whereas the other one I had was from Daiso, the, mm-hmm. the Japanese discount mm-hmm. store, which was fine. But I feel like this is more protective. Yeah. It's definitely. more. It's, it's, it's money's worth. Encapsulated. Sure. I don't know what the word is. <laughs> It's, well, it's, it's soft, too, because yes. it's like kind of like shock-absorbing. Yes. I mean, it comes off easily, but... Yeah. So how do you how do you interact with technology other than through social media? Like, when you're in the studio, do you have state-of-the-art equipment? So we largely... A lot of the... In our studio, we use a lot of the digital audio workstations that are just on the computer. We don't have a mixing board. Mm. And... We sometimes do work up at Studio D in Sausalito, and they just got a brand new, well, it's a vintage board, but it's new to the studio, and they mm-hmm. just got it in, and it's got, like, 64 channels, and it's it's beautiful. Nice. But w- in our studio down in San Mateo, it's it's a pretty small space, but it's, we call it the sanctuary. It's it's small, but it feels, like, really relaxing and calming. There's, like, a couch, and... It's not intimidating at all. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really not. It's really not. Um, and then there's just, there's a vocal booth and the computer that has the all the you know, like Logic and Pro Tools and all that stuff on it. And so that's pretty much what we use. Nice. 
Yeah. That's awesome. Do you play any instruments? Uh, I play the piano. Yes. Nice. I I play the piano poorly, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> but what I I actually would like to just we can we can play the piano into the computer and we get to like change all the sounds that come from it and that's more fun it's for like me piano auto tune yeah <laughs> that's more fun for me than sitting down and playing the piano i'm like oh i can make this sound like a guitar or like an 80s synth and so we do that a lot that's cool that sounds fun yeah do you would you ever consider in the future um like collaborating on a project like where it wasn't just your personal idea yeah Totally. Co-writing is always a, a good thing. I always have the the motto of the more ears that hear a song, the better. You know, you're, if you get more minds together, there's more editing that goes on and more relevant ideas that come up. So I, I, I love collaborating and I currently do a little bit more now because now that I've joined the studio, my co-producer is also a writer. Mm-hmm. He doesn't write lyrics as much, but he's good with melodies and so... Mm. We both do that, which is fun. That's yeah. awesome. He helps me get past my writer's block sometimes. <laughs> Having a teammate always helps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does he threaten you? <laughs> no. no, he's a hardcore feminist. He would, yeah, he's really sweet. He's a really good guy. So, is um, I mean, it's not new news, but with all these things that have been coming up with uh, women in the industry, uh, basically being abused for being women, basically, and, and mm-hmm. having this talent and being sold to these big uh, wig corporations with these, like, basically, like, evil men who make them do things they don't want to do mm-hmm. or, you know, make them sign to horrible contracts that basically makes them slaves to mm-hmm. these corporations. Is that something that came to mind when you started uh, writing music? Definitely. For- yeah, so... Like I said, I'm really passionate about helping young women into the mm-hmm. industry in a healthy way. Um, I didn't enter the industry in a healthy way. So when I started performing, I was meeting a lot of producers who didn't treat me well and mm-hmm. who sort of put ideas in my mind of what I was supposed to be that shouldn't have been in my mind at all. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I, I'm i constantly thinking about that. Like with most of my clients who are young women, I am always like, I just feel kind of this protective nature, you mm-hmm. know, there's like, kind of, there's really that nature inside me. That's like, no, I really want to make sure that this is like healthy for you. And mm-hmm. I mean, there'll even be instances where people are like, Oh, I want to introduce your artist to this person. And I'm like, maybe not until we like get her no. a little bit further yeah. along and know that he's not going to like call her and tell her to do weird things or else she's not going to be able to get signed to Sony or something, you know, right. he's not going to wear his robe slightly open. Yeah. Right. Okay. Exactly. I'm like, yeah. no, <laughs> Yeah. Totally, well, totally commendable. Yeah, and, and I think we need more of that, especially now that a lot of stuff that we know has been going on for years have come out, and the Me Too movement, and mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah. If, I mean, Asia and I can even attest for people that we interview for bands that we interview who just are pretentious or kind of like dirty towards us and we're just kind of like let's cut it short you know (laughs) like that one band that was talking about my breast yeah so you know we've had instances (laughs) like that and and that's just on a smaller scale because we do a lot of local bands who are just starting out and they're not going to have that attitude because they want to have airtime and Mm -hmm. and, you know and, and and get their music out there but there are some bands who just like some people I wouldn't say bands but who just don't care and they're just you know you know, like 
super drunk and belligerent and just we're just kind of like what are you doing dude like we're giving you free our time and mm, yeah um you're ruining it for everybody you know even even for, for us like we don't want to see that in music industry mm-hmm. because you know we're here in a room by ourselves these two <laughs> girls i mean i think we can't kick ass but you know <laughs> it's just it, it can get kind of intimidating but we luckily we haven't had many instances but we know that it does happen a lot yeah totally definitely there's I, I think we talked about this but i've been hearing from some people in particular why aren't why are they talking about it now why didn't they talk about it before and it's like some of these women are now in a spot where they're millionaires or they're you know they're really popular they're really well-known actresses musicians what have you so now it's okay and they have they're safe and they have this platform where they can talk about it and it's like yeah i get that it's kind of fake to a certain extent but but for people like me, it's like, well, I've always talked about, you know, these things. So to me, I mean, I feel like it's great. Like I loved going to the women's march the past two years. But a part of me is like, yeah, like how come they're doing it now? And yeah, I think a big part of that, for, at least from what I've heard, is it, just the fact that more people are doing it makes more people do it. You know, mm, like more people mm-hmm. come out and say things. Or strength in numbers. Yeah, exactly. And that's mm-hmm. that's totally. It's kind of like a it's like a psychological bias in our minds. We don't want to be the only one going against the curve, right? Like we yeah. want to we want to be, be with, with a bunch other, of other people. Yeah. yeah. So it, like the whole Harvey Weinstein thing. You know, like it took a few people and then all of a sudden it was just an avalanche because everybody's yeah. like, oh well, if if it's already out there, then I want to tell my story too. Yeah. Yeah. Or even like Bill Cosby, it took a joke from Hannibal Buress, Mm -hmm. and now it's like all these women were kind of like, wait a minute, that's true. Like he did do that. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's like what seventy or so women came out and said these things, and he's like the biggest like uh, abuse case in the of the century, basically. That's I mean that we know of. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's fucking insane. Yeah, it's totally insane. I guess hopefully in my mind it means that the the culture or the the mentality is finally starting to shift Mm -hmm. that there's going to be less um you know dialogue or activity where we're we're covering it up or we're we're belittling it and we're saying oh it's you know you know we just did that to get ahead or oh it's okay like at least i don't know maybe you know, with this Harvey Weinstein and all this Bill Cosby, you know, Stormy Daniels stuff happening, the um, and the even Nexium, like that cult, mm-hmm. like they were they were working on a women's, uh, their want to like get like self help and stuff and their insecurities. Oh, you like remember that how like, they were? It was just a front, yeah, and they were really abusing them, yeah, saying, mm-hmm. "Oh, it's for women's rights," but then they're yeah, exactly enslaving them or um, oh, human trafficking. Yeah. Ugh. Oh my gosh. I mean, I feel like there's still a lot of that out there, but maybe with all of this stuff out in the open, the the culture will finally shift, and then we'll finally get equal rights, which I think is yeah. kind of at the the heart of it all. Yeah, totally. I think one of the cool things about doing music in the Bay Area is that we tend to be, like, a little bit more on the cutting edge of those things. So, like, we... I know so many musicians here who are, like, strong feminists, you know? Mm-hmm. Man or woman who, like, really respect, like, talent when they see it, regardless of who it is and who just want to help push that out into the world. And I'm really lucky that I've been able to find a lot of those people to work with because that's something that's really important to me. And I think yeah. for young women who are starting out, it's really important to find people who are like that. 
I think so too. Hopefully there will be more of that. Yeah. 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 It's a little harder to find in LA, but yeah. Yeah. uh, There's a lot of work to do in LA. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, it's much more, would you say it's much more like industry, like, you know, people, I grew up there. So Mm -hmm. it's mostly like people who want to get in the industry or they're already in the industry or they'll do anything to get into the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Like all of those things. Right. I always hear you don't get into the industry in LA. You break in somewhere else and then come to LA because that's yeah. that's when you can like start working there. But a lot of people go there to try to break into it, and that's usually a way that women get in trouble. Yeah, mm-hmm. get into trouble that way. And it's really rare that I actually work out. Yeah, too. Exactly. Because so. I know for us too, like we interview so many bands who they're local and they start out here. And then they'll move to LA before they make it here. Mm-hmm. Like they're just kind of touring here, but they're not really like well known. They'll try to their luck in LA, and like they'll leave like their life behind here. And it's like good luck, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like we're always really surprised that a lot of bands do that because here, I mean, I feel like especially with the music industry, it's a lot, t- lot t- like tighter knit. Mm-hmm. And then also you have so many, so many venues that would give you a chance yeah totally than they would in LA I yeah. mean at least at least from what we've heard no totally there's so much competition down there for yeah. performance slots it's yeah crazy. and not so much music but I feel like since I've I've lived in the Bay Area for almost 12 years now um but I feel like every time I, I go back to visit there's at least more of an art scene going on now, whereas when I was living there, I didn't really feel like that was happening. So, I mean, maybe it's slowly changing. Maybe, yeah. Um, so that part, you know, I'm hopeful about. And, I mean, there are a lot of great venues down there, mm-hmm, venues totally. that I used to go to growing up. So so that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually being positive. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I agree. Part of the reason why I left is because I wanted something different. I didn't want to be in you know music industry or film industry I kind of just wanted to be everywhere you know see what see what the world was like yeah so that's a good place to do that and I don't miss it (laughs) everyone asks me so are you moving back I'm like no yeah probably not um there's a lot of you know I definitely feel like there's more cultural diversity here whether it be music mm-hmm. food art fashion you you name it but I mean you can find that anywhere it yeah, just depends that's true. that's true um but yeah are you from the bay area originally no I'm actually not I'm from southern california as oh. well yeah Welcome. I actually <laughs> I lived in San Clemente which is in like the southernmost city in Orange County and mm-hmm. so right before you hit San Diego County um and then I moved up here to go to school I oh. went to Berkeley so that was me oh, uh, cool San Francisco State nice but um similar mm-hmm. I'm going to Berkeley tomorrow oh cool <laughs> the school or the town uh the town well both town. I, I love Berkeley yeah, it's, it's fun. such a neat town. Um, they're going to have the, or they're currently having the book fair, the Bay Area book fair. So apparently a lot of places are having that, not just in the Bay Area, but different, like, oh, all these different events. That's so. cool. I don't know about that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. How long were you at Berkeley for? Three and a half years. Yeah. I graduated in three and a half years and then actually got married and moved down to oh. the South Bay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, Yeah. Are you excited to see any authors over there at the Yes. Um, one of my heroes was in a band called The Slits. Uh, 
feminist punk band. Mm -hmm. Um, And she actually wrote another book that I have called Close, 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 Boys, Boys, Boys. Music, 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 I don't know, something like that. Um, and I have i haven't yet finished it, but apparently she's, I guess because it was a number one bestseller on Amazon, she actually wrote the sequel to it. So oh, now cool. I'm like, i got to catch up. Uh, <laughs> but I had no idea that she was going to be in town or that she had written this book till like two weeks ago. Oh, that's so, cool. so as soon as I, I saw something on social media, I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's interesting how I remember how hard it was as a teenager to kind of, you know, people didn't really know about it. And, you know, the, if they were to make appearances like anywhere, um, you know, a lot of bands or artists that I listened to were from the UK mm-hmm. if they weren't from California. So it was hard to really have the opportunity to see them in person. Yeah. So the fact that she's going to be here, it's like, ah, I gotta go. Yeah, for these things, do they usually have a bunch of authors come? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's not just her. There's like a bunch of feminist authors, you know, male authors, different. I think it just depends what subject matter you're into. But there definitely is like a women's lit, you know, feminist section going on. Oh, so, so I'm cool. like, that would be kind of cool. But oh, now I want to go. <laughs> yeah, <like> tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, there were like a bunch of them, too. I mean, it seems like there's going to be at least like 50 authors there. Oh, that's so cool. But um, I'm just going to see her this year. Um, uh, it's one th- one of those theaters near um, on Alston Way, David Bauer. Oh, I don't, I don't know, know if that, that sounds familiar, but, um, yeah, anyway, it's like a block from the university and I'm excited. Just any opportunity that I get to see somebody like that, you know, have a conversation with, uh, and talk about, um, you know, what their experience is like. Cause at least now we're kind of seeing that more often, uh, David Brower Center, Goldman David. Theater. Okay. Um, yeah, I just felt like I didn't really have that opportunity as a teenager. Mm. And so I was just kind of grasping at straws, but now it's like, holy moly, they're coming out of the woodwork now. (laughs) So maybe that's a good thing about the Me Too movement Mm -hmm. or it's, it's just happening because it was meant to happen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or any like female led movements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and they were definitely I have to say when I was a teenager it was pretty much like the runaways because I was from Los Angeles and then the slits who were from England so they were you know their experience was a little bit different they were influenced by Patti Smith of course um, you know the whole New York scene but then kind of reggae was kind of up and coming in the late 70s so they were really influenced by the influx of people from immigrants from the Caribbean. So it was, I don't know, it was kind of interesting. I was like, hmm, who do I like more? <laughs> but then um, we went to see um, Joan Jett. Um, oh, cool. She just had a documentary come out about her life. And so I was like, oh my God. It's like, it's interesting. Yeah, I never thought in a million years I would uh, see Joan Jett up close and personal. Yeah. <laughs> it was like uh, really emotional for me. Yeah, I yeah. Don't, I don't know if you could tell, but I was like, I can't even sit in my seat right now and the guy's going to get really annoyed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, it was at the me. Castro Theater, which is like really old. So they have like, it's like a, it's a, what do you call it? A monument theater. So mm-hmm. they don't, they can't change like the seats or anything like that. Oh, so it's like, like a landmark. Really yeah. tiny, yeah, landmark theater. Um, 
and yeah, it's, it was it was this. It's pretty big. I mean, it was I, humongous. Yeah. I've never been in there before, but and they I were having a, the SFL f- festival. So okay. her documentary was entered into the festival, and nice. um, yeah, it was the director, and then they had a Q and A after, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, it was really rad to see her uh, just you know talk about being a woman in the industry (laughs) starting out in a punk rock uh, band in the 70s and how uh, it was kind of curious because the Q&A was kind of weird it was a lot of people were kind of attacking her in a way they were like like one of the women was saying um why aren't why didn't you talk about being a lesbian yeah she's like why don't you talk about your sexuality more in the documentary and she was like this whole documentary is about how when I first started that's all they wanted to talk about they wanted to talk about what I was wearing who I was sleeping with what drugs I was taking and when I are you getting married yeah like when are you getting married that when was you gonna- an interview question wow yeah interview. oh my mm-hmm. gosh really? and she was like of course really? I'm not gonna put that in here because first of all it's pretty obvious what I am you know like and second of mystery all mystery girl yeah. <laughs> and second of all like I didn't that wasn't the focus of this documentary yeah. this focus of it, this documentary was about being me trying to make it through the music industry at that time and how difficult it was and how not serious I was taken so mm-hmm. you know it, it was just, and then another woman who was telling her like isn't there like a what did she say wasn't there? Def Leppard yeah isn't there like a, a really rare uh uh, record with you and Death Leopard, like the guitarist of Death Leopard, and she's like, no, <laughs> like, and she's like, no, 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 yeah, it's like a really rare record that was like only available in Japan, blah blah, and and uh, Joan Jett was like, I don't know, what you're talking about, <laughs> oh my gosh, and so the cool. woman, the fi- finally the host was like, okay, we're gonna move on because <laughs> it got really awkward, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it all in all, it was a really good experience because I mean, she's pretty awesome and she took it like like the the great woman she is and the great legend she is so um yeah that was a night not to forget so that's so cool that she goes around and like talks to people about that yeah yeah it was definitely and then her was it her manager uh kenny laguna yeah her manager was there and like the, it just showed like their dynamic because they're so different like he produced like uh lollipop music right back in, in the, the 60s, 60s yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it's interesting. Yeah, so it's interesting to see how like this guy is her manager and he's like super like this like old Jewish guy, you know. He was a feminist. Yeah. That's where they go. Yeah, that, yeah exactly. Because <laughs> he was giving he her the respect. It. He was giving her the time of day and yeah. she was like, You're gonna be a manager, you know. That's awesome. And that's all I took. Yeah, and it's interesting. If you don't have time to do anything else, watch the music video for Bad Reputation and it's pretty much how Nobody, you know, nobody was giving her the time of day. The record labels weren't giving her the time of day. Nobody would release her music. And that was the thing where people started putting out their own music. You know, they didn't need, they didn't really, they decided, you know, we have to figure out how are we going to get this music out? They didn't have the internet. Mm -hmm. So that's how they did it. They started their own, their own label. So, I mean, it was pretty emotional for me because I was like, wow, like, there was n- there's nobody else like her mm-hmm. and i used to think wow like joan jet like there's um this is something that we accept as normal mm-hmm. and i think some of those women that were asking those questions really take her for granted but now seeing her story and you know hearing her side of things it's like wow we really can't take this for granted yeah totally. we really have to stand up to these fuckers mm-hmm. she's a trailblazer <laughs> she really was <laughs> So anyways, we're 
yeah. going on a tangent. No, I like it. I always like talking about powerful female musicians. Yeah. It's yeah. great. Song. So let's hear some of the yeah, music you brought in. Which yeah. track should we play? Um, so you can play the first one. That's the song that was recently released by Mariah Belgrad. It's called Empty Spaces. It's a pop EDM track. Say you love me, no one above me I know you're not alone when you were not at home You're imperfect, I hope she's worth it I'm not your only one, you miss me when I'm gone And you'll find me in your empty spaces All this time I've wasted So I wrote that track probably two years ago, actually, and I was shopping it around for a long time, and I couldn't find the right artist, but when I heard Mariah's voice, I was like, her voice would be so good on this track. Um, and it happened at a good time. 
she had just been nominated for the iHeartRadio Award, mm-hmm. um, which we actually got to go to together in, I think it was early March, so we went and she walked the red, or we walked the red carpet, she did the oh, photo walk, and it was really cool, we got to right like, meet some cool people and stuff, so, but yeah, um, I wrote the song about two years ago, and then brought it into the producer that I met and now work with, and he he started just like toying around with things and kind of making it like chain smokers esque, and I was like, ooh, I really like where this is going. So we just we found out we were a good match, and that was kind of history, you know. History in the making. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're gonna play a song of yours. Yeah. So this is a demo. It's my voice on it because it's a song I wrote but we're actually going to have another artist sing it eventually but I just like sharing track two track two yeah it's called make up your mind slamming doors and raising voices cheeks are cold and the whiz are by cupping down like you never Broken bottles, thrown full throttle Loved you more than I ever had Hit the floor and you took it back And I know we're singing like we do And I know it hurts But if you can't be the one to hold me tight Make up your mind, boy, won't be alone Cause I suffice, but don't waste my time, boy If you can't be the one to hold me tight Make up your mind, boy, won't be alone Cause I suffice Don't waste my time, boy One day you love me The next I'm standing in line If you can't be the one to say goodbye Make up your mind
And that was you singing, huh? Yes, that nice. was me. Yeah. I don't usually. I, I always sing on the tracks just so that I give an art the artist, you know, kind of like pointers on where to go. Like I usually give tips on like, hey, do a vocal fry here, or do like a slide here. But it's funny uh, hearing my voice on the tracks like after I've been listening to it with someone else's voice on the track for a while. So that's interesting. And do you ever? F- do you ever get this feeling like, this is mine? <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, when I hear someone else singing it in the vocal booth, I'm always like, this is such a good feeling. Like, that's the best feeling for me. It's not like hearing the song done with my voice on it. It's always when somebody else puts their voice on it that I'm like, yeah, this is like the dream. Nice. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I don't hear that too often. So you must, you're a very giving person. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. But <laughs> well, she's a songwriter. I guess right. that would, that's what makes you yeah. the songwriter. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's true. Um, so who would you say are some of your influences? Oh, so many. I think my biggest influence growing up was probably Nirvana. My parents used to like, blast that in the car and stuff like that so I, <laughs> I yeah I always just I've loved Nirvana since I was really little um and I have listened to them ever since but recently since I I guess I switched to pop music about two years ago so before I was writing like indie rock stuff Ooh, yeah I hear that. <laughs> can you send it to me there's a the my band was called Ordinary Thieves, and we did. It was just like a, an indie duo. It was me and another guy who was a guitarist, and we just did like acoustic rock, um, which it was really fun. And it's fun to write that kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. it's really fun to perform because you can put a lot of emotion behind that, you know. Um, but when I made this transition to pop, I've basically just been listening to so, like so much pop all the time. It's so it's like always pop and R and B and EDM that I listen to. So. Lately, it's been a lot of The Weeknd. I love hmm. The Weeknd. Um, I love Selena Gomez's stuff. I think she works with some really cool producers. Mm-hmm. Like that recent song, Wolves, with Marshmallow was super cool. The track was like, the drop in that track was super like 80s, like synthy, and it was really cool. So. That's what I heard about Sel- Selena Gomez. She's really like influenced by 80s pop or 80s new wave even. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah, because yeah. she's a big fan of uh, Alison Moyet and the um, Yaz or Yazoo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, she did a cover of uh, what's Only their you? their one song? Um, Only you. Only you. Yeah, mm. she did a, a cover of that. She actually sounded really good. So oh, wow, that's cool. <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah. So what else do you have in the works? Um, well, I'm working on that album for Mariah, and I currently what we usually do is I'm usually in the studio a couple of days a week working on production and songwriting for clients that come through. So that's a lot of just like we get paid for songwriting and producing, and then they just do whatever they want with the music after that. So we don't take royalties, so we don't put our names on it either. It's like kind of ghost production, ghost songwriting. So. But that's actually really fun. I've found that I like production almost better than writing the actual music because that's like where you flesh out the song. You know, you mm-hmm. write all the rest of the instruments. And Comes makes, to life. Yeah, yeah. It makes it sound like super fun. You're like, oh, I can dance to this song now as opposed to just being like on a guitar or something like yeah. that. So, yeah, that's largely what I'm working on now. Where do you find inspiration to write these songs? Oh, that's... I, I pull a little bit from my life. But the one thing I always say is writing music, if you're if you're strictly a songwriter, it's a lot like being an author of fiction. 
So you don't have to live through everything you write in order to write about it. You just have to be able to empathize. And mm. so I really just try to be focus on having that frame of mind. It's all about like putting yourself in a certain mindset to empathize with whatever theme you want to go with for a song. So I sort of just, I kind of draw from everywhere, from other music, from film, from TV, you know, poetry that pe- from people who are writing about similar things. Yeah, a lot of stuff. That's awesome. <laughs> and who are you listening to at the moment that you think we should check out? Mm. That's well, not Selena Gomez. Yeah. <laughs> I have been listening to The Weeknd's new EP a lot because mm-hmm. he just dropped that, was it like last week or two weeks ago? And it's just really good. He kind of went back to like his original before record label days. And mm. like, it's kind of like a mixtape of the more like grungier sound. Mm-hmm. It's not so polished. Okay. Nice. It's it's really good and it's really emotional. Um, I've been listening to that and then I've actually been listening to um, that Bastille album, the first one that had Pompeii on it. That's not new, but I've been listening to that a lot lately. I don't know why. I never really. I think maybe I heard one of their songs. Okay. Since they come out. Yeah, it's it's a good album. Listening, I like realized the other day I was listening to it just like on repeat. I was like, I have this whole album memorized. <laughs> it happens. I love when that happens. Yeah. Uh, do you go to a lot of shows too? Do you go to a lot of concerts? I actually don't. Yeah, I think probably since I work with musicians and do music all day, all the time, going to shows gets exhausting for me. Yeah. I'm also like super. I'm a very reserved person and I'm quiet, and so being in places with like tons of people scares me a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, oh, there's so many screaming people. Yeah. Until recently, we were going to outside lands every year, and oh, then we were just kind of wow. like, I think the last year we went was 2016 we went together and we were just kind of we looked around and we're just like nope yeah this is the last year we're doing this (laughs) we went i mean we went for all we've been going i mean for me i've been going all three days since 2011 so until 2016 and i think once i saw like Mm -mm. just a different crowd that when it then when it when we first started going Mm -hmm the different crowd and just like the different mentality on like music festivals in general has shifted. Oh yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just kind of like not worth it anymore. (laughs) Like if I want to see a band, I mean, it was, you always think of festivals that way where you put so much, you pay so much money, but you're seeing like 15 bands for Mm -hmm. all three days, you know? Yeah. But, (laughs) but nowadays I'm like, I'll just watch whoever I want to go see you know yeah. like I'll just I'll just pay like the $40 to go see that one band I really wanted to see and be more comfortable yeah it's funny how trendy festivals like that are now like everybody yeah. just like makes mass migrations to go to Coachella and stuff like that yeah it's crazy even for Outside Lands it's getting so big and I told her I was like I'm gonna go back because I'm also from SoCal and like I'm just gonna go back go back to SoCal and see my parents for outside lands. I don't want to be in the city <laughs> and I live so close to the and the only reason I would go is because I live by I live in the Richmond so I live by the park mm-hmm. so it was just easy for me to like you know I, I don't have to do anything I just go straight home after the festival's over to the comfort of my own house and you know it's it's not it's not a big deal but it was like not cost effective anymore mm. but it's yeah. unfortunate yeah um <laughs> that one festival that i was telling crystal about uh fono del sol they're actually skipping it this year yeah. which is and that of, was upper taro hill yeah and that one was actually really good <laughs> <laughs> and it was all local um and then there was another one that i was actually looking at i was like i wonder if they're gonna bring that one back 
it's still this uh, first city festival in um, Monterey mm. where they did um, back in the day they did the Monterey Pop Festival 1967 1968 apparently it was the same you know fairgrounds or whatever but I was like that was so fun and it's pretty much the exact same thing as outside lens but on a much smaller scale but they haven't done that one since the last time I went which was four years ago so I'm like that's kind of a bummer Mm because I guess there just isn't the demand or you know there's just not enough money in it which is really unfortunate but luckily for me I'm more into the retro reunion kind of phase of my life so I will shell out money to go to Chicago or Austin and see you know bands that maybe I've seen once or twice Mm -hmm. or never gotten the chance to see but at least it's music that you know I think is more interesting, or yeah. at least my taste. But I guess it just depends what you're what you're into. But I kind of wish I went to Coachella. Yeah, <laughs> have either of you ever been? I had the chance to go, but a long time ago, yeah, <laughs> like fifteen have you years been? ago. No, I haven't. Yeah, I mean, and I think we were talking about how there's more of these like bands who are taking the festival route but making their own little festivals who cater mm-hmm. more to the type of music that they like so mm-hmm. i know foo fighters was starting to do their Cal gym Cal, yeah Last and then it's, it's mostly so like cool. rock and you know like and then there's obviously like country they all have like their own festival yep. you know um and then i was telling asia i was like i feel like all these djs that are taking over most mainstream festivals they do it and they make so much money but it's because they perform every single day of the year, you know, yeah. like they it's it just sounds so exhausting when you hear them talk about tour life. And it's like not something I would envy ever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so with you being in the industry and starting out these, uh, you know, with with these girls who are more or, or just like people who are more into like pop and the pop scene. Mm-hmm. How do like they make money or how, how do they see that financially working out for them? So it's actually largely touring is where you make the money because record labels, by the time you get to a record label, so many people have taken cuts in your song that you're not going to make that much. And all the money in music is largely from royalties. And artists, unless they write the song, they don't get royalties because the royalties are all for the people who write the song. Mm -hmm. So they make a small percentage of sales and then they tour. So basically because... And merch. Yeah. They have the exclusive rights to the song, so nobody else can obviously perform it. So they use that to their advantage and go and perform and make money. Yeah. And touring can be done very effectively. I mean, I've known indie bands who have, like, definitely profited off of their tours. And if you're smart about it, it's very doable to make money off your tour. Yeah. So... That's the way to do it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the industry is definitely changing. Oh, yeah. And I think, um, you know, with Spotify and Tidal and all these other, um, you know, Apple, like streaming or getting your music out there has become kind of like cheapened mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I can see that that's probably the only way bands nowadays can make money. Yeah, it's hard, especially like Spotify pays you like a fraction of a penny per play of your songs. So yeah, like, <laughs> so it's, it's really like, hard yeah. to make money off of that. Yeah, oh, I bet you better be a good songwriter. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like Taylor Swift, she's making raking in tons of money from that, but that's because she gets like billions of plays. Yeah, you know? for sure. Should we play uh, one more track? Sure. Let's do it. Yeah, sure. Lie to me. Lately, they don't lie to me now. Like 
called lie to me and it's it's sort of a song that highlights um i think in a lot of songs and pop music it's always about like a woman being heartbroken by a man Mm -hmm. and so i kind of wanted to turn the tables a little bit and have it be like okay so this man says he's just using you for sexual purposes maybe you're fine with that maybe that's like what you're doing with him and so i just kind of wanted it to be something that's not just like oh like he just wants to have sex with me and now i'm sad you know yeah turn the tables yeah exactly so that song we recently just cut, it's a demo. Um, Mariah's actually going to be singing that one, but that's my voice right now on it. And one of the, my favorite parts of that song is I was just saying while the song was playing, um, my voice is used as a, th- a synth in there. So it's like we took a portion of my voice, like an ah sound, and we just like set it to a note. And so you can like play it on different notes and it's, it's kind of fun. So it's like, it kind of sounds like the voice, like skipping, like a record skipping. It's kind of fun. <laughs> and it made a, a banger too. Yeah. <laughs> we like to use lots of weird instruments when we produce. I bet. I bet it's super fun. It is. It's so fun. Production is so fun. I also love going back and we use like all the old, like 
Casio 880 beats, like the yes. the old crappy synthy beats that were used in like the 80s, and now you can use them and they're like super trendy. You know, yeah, like it's coming back. It's, it's like it's making a big comeback. Yeah. Like I feel like all of those like top 10 songs have some sort of 80s synth mm-hmm. to it. So funny. It's really cool to see. Yeah. They said it was crap, and now it's back. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and now people love it. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny, though, to listen to all the music nowadays that seems so influenced by the 80s. Like, yeah. so much pop music. You're like, that's totally 80s music. It yeah. just, like, sounds like it's a little bit better quality, and there's sub bass in it. Yeah. You know? Thumps yeah. a little more, but... Yeah. <laughs> or the punk rock version of, please, please tell me now. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> Tell me what to do. (laughs) I mean, tell me what what it is. (laughs) Yeah. Um, When you were in your indie rock outfit or indie pop outfit, what venues would you play or where do you see, see... you know mariah playing what kind of venues would you think she would be in um so we didn't play that many venues we played like largely smaller things like parties and things like that okay but for mariah she actually lives in seattle but she comes down here to for the production of the album she actually recently moved out from a small amish town in pennsylvania yeah (laughs) so she's from a very small amish town um like most of the people she knows are amish um, is she was she Amish? No, she's okay. not. No, her family just her parents both lived in New York City, and so they kind of wanted a like small town, a small town vibe to raise kids in. Um, and then they just kind of like overcorrected, I think, because yeah. <laughs> she's like it's so small. But um, yeah, so I, I I'd love to see her playing shows at like the Forum, you know, in Inglewood and like the Hollywood Bowl. That's eventually what the goal is, you know. Mm-hmm. Like we want her to kind of end up being someone like a Selena Gomez because she's so sweet and she just genuinely loves connecting with people through music. That's something that. I feel like is really undervalued nowadays because we have so many like artists who just like to create the music but don't like to interact with fans and don't really understand what that means and I think it's really cool when people like really value their fans because that's who makes it possible you know that's who makes your music and your craft possible hopefully it's not just about making money right yeah exactly (laughs) it's like uh (laughs) quoting um was it the infamous uh Amy Winehouse (laughs) uh she quoted she has a quote that was basically saying how music nowadays uh is all about like a lot of music nowadays or at least when she was alive was about i don't care about you you know f you like i can i care less but she wanted to make music to be like i want to show you my heart and i want to rip my heart out and show it to you because i want to connect with with feelings you know so I, i think that's that's yeah, like, that's so beautiful to see more artists come out and be like that, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Miss, miss her, R.I.P. Oh my gosh, <laughs> no. that, I mean, her song Rehab, like, talk about ripping your heart out. Like, yeah. That, that song is so real. Yeah. And we also saw the documentary for, for her, um, the way, her life. That was a good documentary. Yeah. I tragic, but so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was, like, having the shivers the whole time. <laughs> Countdown. Um, I think when she was up and coming, when we were watching it, I didn't realize, wow, she was like, not only was she like the same age group as me, but we were probably in Camden at the same time. Oh, really? Because <laughs> I was there the summer of 06, when I think she was also Barely like, yeah, oh, just wow. coming out with Back to Black, or 04, actually, sorry. Um, so yeah, it was like, uh, it's so weird. Uh, but you know, we never crossed paths. But I went 
back last year after like a time period of 10 years and they had the um the statue of her the the, oh my god the, the, didn't it look kind of horrible what the same statue? statue well i couldn't find it because she was oh. so short she was like five one five two in real life so i kept walking by it didn't even notice that it was there and there was nobody like looking at it like almost oh. like nobody cared but i was a tourist so i was like oh my god it's right there. <laughs> <So little. laughs> but it was cool to it was cool to see it um but yeah, no, it was it was interesting. It's always interesting learning the, you know, what was the environment like that inspired her to, um, you know, to do it, do what she did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that also she, even though despite all the things that went wrong, I think she really inspired a lot of female singers that came after her, Lady Gaga, Adele. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably even some of the ones that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just so they knew what to do, when to do it, what mm-hmm. not to do. So it was like she kind of, she kind of set the the standard um, yeah. way back when. Definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, I know so many women in music who are inspired by her music. I mean, her voice was just so unique. Just even starting with that, her voice was amazing. You know, actually at. Smule, that app I was talking about at their office, they have a studio named after her. It's called like the Winehouse Studio because she's just like, yeah, she's just like a legend. It's really cool, yeah. Um, They just, they have them named after a legend. I think actually Joan Jett has a studio named after her there too. Um, But yeah, she she was an amazing artist and she had a really like, she was just so real. Yeah. And you don't see that a lot with people that have that kind of fame, you know? Right. And she also had a Mark Ronson at her side. Whom <laughs> <laughs> Asia loves. Today. He's worked with every female artist alive or dead. <laughs> well, he has, um, I don't know, maybe you've heard of him, but he has kind of a unique experience as well, not just working with female artists, but producing, being a musician, writing music. Yeah, I actually had, I've heard the name, but I don't know. Really, he he's a uh, uptown funk. He's the other guy who's not oh, the white okay. guy, Bruno Mars. <laughs> <laughs> the other white guy. <laughs> um, but he also uh, his sister is Samantha Ronson, like oh. the famous DJ that dated Lindsay Lohan back in the yes. <laughs> 2000. And um, Ooh, what else did he do? He produced for a bunch of people. He he produced uh, Back to Black and Lady Gaga recently. He worked with mm. uh, Lady Gaga on her last album, Queens of the Stone. Age, um, Adele, mm-hmm. um, Pharrell, obviously, or not Pharrell, Bruno Mars. Sorry, Bruno Mars. Sorry, <laughs> he worked. He worked with Lily Allen back in the day. I mean, yeah. he's worked with with a lot of people, but more so as a you know behind the scenes kind of thing. And I think he used to DJ at parties for P Diddy or whatever. That's how he got his oh start. That's awesome. He doesn't really talk about it, but it's Back kind of P. funny. Diddy was P Diddy. It's funny seeing yeah. the pictures like when he was really young, and now he's you know not so young. But oh my gosh, it's amazing now seeing what like big DJs how much they make like when they do things like that when they work parties like that like. DJs are now making six figures per show. Yeah. How amazing is that? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like crazy. It's like so cool that you don't even have to go up there and sing. Like, not that, I mean, of course they're working hard. Yeah. But it's just like, it's really cool. You can play other people's music and make that yeah. much money. Yeah. How cool. God damn it. And I still haven't been able to see him yet. Yeah. Motherf- <laughs> <laughs> One of these days. Here. He's always like in LA or England. He's, He's in LA, Miami, Mexico, wherever. Uh, Ibiza. 
Ibiza. Mm. <laughs> Somewhere I'm not gonna be. <laughs> uh, should we play the last song? And are we? Um, yeah. I think we have time. Yep. Okay. Sure. Let's do it. The last song. Should I? Can I? Um, yeah. The last song was by um, my band, actually. So it's just acoustic guitar and my voice. So there you go. Nice. Called what about now? <laughs> So serious, you smell just like wine. Tragically curious, your eyes lost in mine. You flash on my fingertips, that lonely tattoo. I know I'll remember this, remember you. It's like I'm screaming, but I can't make a sound. It's like I feel you, but you know where to be found. And that's the purest form of torture somehow. The past is in the past, but what about now? Your sweater upon my skin's we cotton so fine I'm getting so lost within these sinful goodbyes You're feeling so paper thin, please say it ain't true I know I'll remember this, but what about you? to be found and that's the purest form of torture somehow the past is in the past but what about Thanks for having me. Of course. And hope to hear some of your songs on the radio real yeah. soon. <laughs> yes. Here's to open. You have to email us. Be like, oh, my song is that song, that number one song on the radio oh, right yes, now. Yes, I will. I definitely will. <laughs> I want to hear some of the old stuff too so I can compare and contrast. Oh, yeah, so you can see the evolution. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, yeah. Well, thanks again for stopping on by and stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio. Bye-bye. Something more live on the air. Okay. You know, live music's always the best music. I feel a little more stable in life. Cool. And now, Kelly Gordon. Why don't you sing? I don't know. I'll sing. You just you just go ahead. Go ahead. You do something. We're going to have Albert on the uh, accordion. We're going to have Barb on the drums. She's just going to hit things. She can, she can just like uh, play drums on anything. Say, so check it out. We got these. Uh, these. Okay, go ahead. I'm waiting. We're still waiting. Just play that fucking thing, dude. You take it to the give. Give me that. Give me that goddamn guitar. Give me that guitar. No, you don't want to play it? <laughs> oh, I right. should have just, just wailed this. Alright, what, what song? Let's do a cover or something. Yeah, yeah. Let's do a cover. Hey, pig. Yeah, you. Hey, pig, 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 piggy, pig, pig. Gonna do. Busted back and broken bones. Left me standing here all alone. Little piggy gonna find something new. Gonna stop me now. I don't care anymore. Nothing gonna stop me now Nothing gonna stop me now I don't care anymore Nothing gonna stop me now Hey pig Things didn't work out like we planned Hey pig there's a lot of things I thought you could help me understand. What am I supposed to do? Nothing gonna stop me now. I don't care anymore. Nothing gonna stop me now. I don't care. Nothing gonna stop me now. I don't care anymore. Nothing gonna stop me now. Well, there you go. Kelly, now it's your turn. That was Nine Inch Nails. It, was, it goes out to all you pigs out there. You know who you are. You can play anything. Hendrix, The Doors, one of your own things. You could just play some blues. Let's do some blues. That'd be cool. It's up to you. I want you to sing something like real slow. No, that was cool. Let's let's roll with that. It's so out of tune. No, it's just so in tune. Just just roll with it. Try. Just try, baby.
true living It takes a piece of me when she goes Oh, fuck it, dude. You got to play some rhythm there. I can't sing over that shit. I can't, I can't no. Rhythm no. You, you, you're just as loud as I can do. You're floored. All right. Hey, thanks for listening to Roxy Roller Radio Show. If you want to just play on your own, though, I'm going to let you do that shit. I'm going to go uh, sample that merchandise. And uh, so just like play. You want to play anything you want? You, are you just over it? Oh, yeah. Totally you could play. I'm just saying I just won't sing over it. What? You feel it? Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to play? No, I do. Uh, not, not on that thing, dude. Not we should go like get the piano going, too. Let's get a jam going. What do you think? Yeah, that's perfect. All right. Oh, I guess I should play one more song, then. We in OT. We'll go walking with the beast, right? One of my favorite songs by Gun Club. Hey, Albert, that shit was fucking weird. What? You fucking... You, you, mm. <laughs> what the hell? I just ate some. That was LSD, was? Oh shit! It's hey, it's good. Chill, man. Nice dreams. Okay. Yeah, hey, I'm gonna. I'm just. Why isn't this shit working, dude? It sucks. Come on, man. Oh, here we go. Why isn't what working? Yeah, I don't know. This song should like this should hey, be can going. I read these song we should have music off? going. Hey, this Rox, is terrible. Rox, can I read these song titles off? Yeah, this, go for it. So I found this Jimi Hendrix album right in the used section at Thrill House Records. Right. And um, I love getting the off stuff. And you know the hell of legal problems with Jimi Hendrix and his, you know, the family, and you know he signed all these bad contracts. That's true. So I had, I got this one. It's like from Italy, and it sounds like he's in like a lounge. You can hear the glasses like cheering and sh- you know okay. whatnot. And it's cool like late at night. But this one I found. Like Red House, okay. On side one, it's Red House. We, right. we know Red House. There's a Red House over yonder. Yeah. Do you know these rocks? Wipe the sweat. Whoa, a. Hey, I had go I, go shoes under the table. I think I have part that one, dude. Part one. Don't get don't get cocky. Part one, dude. I'm not, not getting two. cocky. I'm just saying I think I got that one. Side two, Groove Maker or Groove Maker, baby. Right. That's what Jimmy Hendrix would say. People's people. He, he beat a Groove Maker. Hey, rocks. You ready for Murderer's Row right here? You're from New York. You're from the Bronx, right? Yankees. Yeah, absolutely. You ready for Jimi Hendrix's Murderer's Row? You know, I don't think the Yankees, I guess, so what was that? Like Lou Gehrig and like... Uh, Babe, Babe Ruth. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. But you ready for Jimmy's on side two? People's... Why not? People's Peoples. I know blues, that song. Blues Blues, Lime Lime, and She's a Fox. Dude, Jimmy's a poet. Beat, what can you say? I mean, th- I don't know. That's just like... He just mailed that in, but it's cool how it's like... Whoa, a. You, know, you should check this thing Whoa, out. Um, one song title, dude. There's like, uh, it's from 1965, I think, like before Jimmy kind of did it. And it's like these two guys dancing. They seem really happy. They like each other a lot. And he's like one of these Uh-oh. backup guys. So I'm going to try to punch up that video or I'll try to send it to you. But um, what were we going to play anyway? Oh. Uh, play uh, some Jimmy, dude. That's cool. No, I put a Neon Lobster on. Okay, Neon Lobster. Bloody stump, dude. Do it. Just sing it, turn around, dude. Yeah, I'll do it. No, that's cool. You know how to do it. No, the, the light went off. Okay, cool. Like this? Just do it. No, it's feedback again, that's dude. That's not it. That's not it. Come on, brother. You want me to? Uh, here, I'll got it. Oh, sorry. My bad. There you go. What'd you do? I did that. Well, whatever. You Good job. Right? Is it a 45? Or, or yes, sir. Okay, cool. So we're going to hear one more song 
because he did bring in this like lovely vinyl so we'll, we'll just say we figured we'd play a little bit before we head out head out to the highway we've got nothing to lose at all that's cool it's like an industrial thing all right off, dude. dude you're not gonna turn off Okay. Okay, cool. That's not it, huh? All right, this is a great band called Leftover Crack. Tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. 
They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit faced McRat. <laughs> Everybody, listen to the weekly review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the weekly review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. brings you visual and auditory mind control for the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and